Welcome to Everything Renewed Podcast. This is Wes Morgan. Listen, everyday people operate under habits and mindsets that prevents growth. This podcast is here to address those habits and mindsets and dismantle negative stigmas. We truly believe that if you start with the mind, everything can be renewed. Let's go. It's another day for your mind to be renewed. My name is Wes Morgan and welcome to the Everything Renewed Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. Today I have a special guest in the studio. Um, he comes all the way from Barron Springs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're not doing official uh, greetings today. Down in the, the street. Whole, down the street. Uh, he hopped the fence, backyard. But no, my brother is here in the studio. Uh, none other than Jamel Eddie here in the city of Grand Rapids. Um, no, officially I've met Jamel Grand Valley. Grand Valley. He was driving well, hey, a Debo bike. You got bike. your Grand Valley shirt on. I just happened to have my Grand Valley hoodie hey. on. Oh yeah, it's a Lakers. I didn't I got, even notice I got, that. I got, this is a cheap one though. <laughs> Same here. I, I can't think, afford. I got this one at five below. Look, there you go. This, mine's the one below. <laughs> <laughs> it's just below. <laughs> I met him on Grand Valley campus. I believe the first time I honestly said something to him, he was driving a Debo bike. <laughs> and if. For the audience, if you don't know Devo, then I don't know what Sorry to tell about you. Your luck. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, go watch Friday. Beach Cruiser, old yeah. school Beach Cruiser. He, he was riding around campus. I'm not gonna tell you what he was doing, but that was my first run in <laughs> with him. And then, now, no, this this is a unique story. So, due to his, due to his business, when he was Jamel was. Uh, <laughs> He he was running track, yep. and um, he was involved in a few things. And the first time I honestly heard about him was we needed to beat him up. <laughs> that was the first time it was a plot to beat him up. To be honest with you, um, but we did not follow through with that. Look how the Lord just turned the enemies into yeah, your friends. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because the reason why we we're not gonna get into that. But no, he's a close friend. Of mine, we uh, were in the gospel choir together and really became very close at a very pivotal time for me. I was headed out of college, and I think I had two days, two days to figure out where I was going to live, and um, it was back to the east side of the state, and Jamel came through. He got a job, and the first thing he did, instead of celebrating his new job, he called me and said, hey, I got a place for you to stay. And yeah. so, uh, from that time, man, I'm trying to think of what year. I don't even know what year that was. Like, it has to be like 2002, maybe. 2000. Yeah, it, it was a long time. No, 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 no. No, it I graduated to... in. Uh, when did I graduate? Oh, four. So it was 2003. Yeah. Yep. So graduated in 04, and ever since then, uh, we have been very tight. Have done life together. Uh, he's the God's uh, father of my youngest son. And I can go on and on about this brother, <laughs> so but officially, again, what am I to your younger son? <laughs> yeah, I, had to, I just want to make sure the, the people know God, God Godfather. <laughs> hey, I'm just, hey, you know, just saying. <laughs> nah, we ain't having none of that. <laughs> and, but, we, and we both had black hair, a lot of black hair on our on our face, mm-hmm. on our chin, and yeah. now it's uh, a little. As my kids would say, it's white. Yeah, we we have a lot of white hair in our chin and stuff. But officially, welcome to the podcast, thank man. Thank you, thank you. Glad uh, for you to join us. So. I want to jump right into it. Um, I ask all of my guests um, here, it, I call it the everything renewed question. What is something that you would like to see changed in our world? 
Man, um, I would say what comes to mind to me is just universal, u- universal acceptance, um, mm. universal belonging. Um, and, and what I mean by that is I've been doing a lot of reading on, you know, different uh, race massacres that's happened in our country, race, history of racism, and even things that we see currently today, um, how um, some treat others, how some treat their neighbors or, or refugees or folk from other countries, you know, all of those different things. I would love to see just, just, a, a, just unity across, across the world, um, that, that no one feels less than. I, want every, I would love to see everyone feel as equally important as the next person. Hmm. I want to pick with that, but... Uh... <laughs> no, no, that that's a good answer. Uh, wh- why why do you want to see that? Well, I think for me, it's I, I I tend to attract people who um, may be in situations where they're othered, and I'll say othered being that they may have just left a situation where they didn't fit in, mm-hmm. or they may discover something about themselves that they don't no longer fit in and and individuals like to talk to me and have and have me listen and know that I'm non-judgmental and um, I'll listen I will like truly like the, the true essence of listening like where you're not interrupting where you're just letting somebody get some off their chest and if they invite you to comment then you comment but um, you know it would just be nice to live in a world where you know we have enough pain that's going around that that people shouldn't feel pain from being who they are mm-hmm. um, and that others should not, other people should not, um, I would say, um, degrade anybody um, and just really, really just, you know, walk hand in hand, heart in heart and, and just recognize that, you know, we're all in this thing together and, and we're not, and I think it was a pastor that once said, we're not human beings, we're human becoming and that everybody's just doing the best that they can. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think that if we lived in a uh, society, in a place where, where joy was the norm, that would be a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. Good answer. Good answer. So you're in the hot seat today. Um, Our topic and what we're going to be uh, talking about is the presence of a father. Mm. Um, Just a few weeks ago, we celebrated Father's Day and, you know, we had a good time and, you know, some of us did and some of us didn't, (laughs) you know, but we... At least me and you can report we had a good time. We, we have good wives. That makes sure our day is very special. Yeah. So shout out to our wives. But um, <laughs> the presence of a father and the reason why I have you here is I see the work that you do with your sons. And knowing your dad and where you came from, I know you have a lot to uh, really talk about um, being a dad and the presence of a, um, I guess, the benefit of being present. Mm-hmm. We hear a lot of different um, a lot of different com- conversations about yeah. dads missing, dads not being active. So um, I have several shows um, just lined up all about fatherhood and I had to get you in the hot seat. So I want to throw a question at you. Mm-hmm. Um, why do you think we get, as dads, why do you think we get bad reputations? <laughs> Man. I mean, you know, I could say that there are no bad fathers and no no bad dads, but you know the truth of the matter is 
I believe a lot of folk will take one situation or one experience and put it on everybody else. Mm. Um, but at the same time, um, I, I truly believe that when we think of fatherhood, when we think of fathers and, and dads, a lot of times we reflect on what we had or what we didn't have. And, uh, and it was years ago. When I was at Grand Valley, matter of fact, I'm, I'm in the room. It was late at night. I think I was studying. I, mean, I watched TV something like that. Studying, and, but uh, okay. Be quiet, boy. Yeah, watch, watch your mouth, son. <laughs> and I just got emotional. Hmm. Like out of the blue, I'm, I'm sitting on the bathroom floor, Laker Village, emotional, like crying. And I was like, what's going on? And it just hit me. Like I became emotional based on, and I don't even know where it came from. It was just had to do with my dad. Like that in that moment, and I had these thoughts before, but in that moment, I didn't think, I was like, my dad failed me. He didn't teach me what a father, what a man teaches his son. Mm. And it just stirred up a whole lot. And again, I don't know where it came from. I'm sure I wasn't watching something about fathers or, you know, I wasn't watching Oprah, you know, or mm-hmm. nothing like that. And and I happened to call my sister at the time. She happened to be up. It was like 2, 3 in the morning. And we talked and, and, and got the phone and I was good. But what I then started to think is that I'm angry or mad at my father for not showing me these things or not being here for this, that, or the other. Now, keep in mind, he was present. He was in the home. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was working a lot. Um, but I was getting mad about he didn't teach me how to change a tire. I taught myself how to change that. He didn't teach me how to change the oil. He didn't teach me how to, you know, all these different things that, you know, again, traditionally we think of when we think of, of men, you know, the, the, the traditional roles and stereotypical roles and things like that. Mm-hmm. And then it hit me one day. I'm mad at him for something that he didn't teach me. So why don't I talk to him about that? You know, or, or and even talk to his his uh, uh, brothers and his sisters and my aunts and uncles and and whatnot. And what I came to find is that he didn't teach me those things because he didn't know those things. Wow. So he didn't teach me because he didn't know. His dad didn't teach him. And so then I started to think about you know a lot of us are are mad and angry at our fathers for X, Y, and Z, but some of them did the best that they could, hmm. and some of them you know we don't know what happened in their childhood. You know why? What made them to be the way that they are? We don't know. And then whatever their dad taught them, what made then that be your grandfather? What made your grandfather the man that he is? And you keep going back and you may find that somewhere, some some way, something was jacked up. And it's it came all the way towards you. And so you have a decision to make is you know, how am I gonna change this thing? But again, I think we get a bad rap just based off of TV. Based off of years ago, I think it was based off of TV shows, uh, uh, you know, Jerry Springer and things like that. You know, all that original reality TV. Mari, who, yeah, who, who's we are father? Guessing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and you know, guys gonna like, yeah. See, I told you, I told you. Like that's that's not that's not a way to be. And so I think it's all. I think there's just so many things. You know, whether it's music, whether it's videos. Um, but every now and then we do come into contact with someone who may not be that model father that we've that we've seen or or an absentee um, um, dad that we that we then say okay all men are like this or most men are like this when in fact I believe that most men are actively involved with their children mm-hmm. um, and have a decent relationship with the, uh, um, the with the with the mother of that child. Hmm. You you spoke to something um, in regards to you know having a moment in college and being upset and really let's just say having a an empty feeling mm-hmm. which resulted in an emotional response um, and 
oftentimes our reputations are linked to different events in our life. So yeah. we're very emotional or we get emotional um, or we act out because sometimes men don't sit here and cry. So mm-hmm. we might go and do something uh, impossibly because there's some type of an event. There's a memory. There's a trigger um, that comes. And even not only just in men, but in anybody, I believe um, just adding on to what you're what you said, I believe we get a bad reputation as well. It's because a lot of a lot of trauma is linked to somebody else's emptiness. Mm-hmm. So, in other words, if you you were empty mm-hmm. because of your the events that played out in your life, but then somebody else may suffer. Yeah, that's related to you, your son or your wife or mm-hmm. your brother or anybody whoever's close to you can say, you know, he's a bad dad yeah. because your father was one or your your grandfather. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's a combination of all of the, the, these traumas linked together. So we we have um, passed down generational trauma. Yeah. And then that generational trauma, unfortunately, has given us a bad rep, mm-hmm. a bad identity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, how many of us have sat around and heard, whether it was to us directly or to someone we were in the room with where it was like, you know, someone said, hey, your dad ain't this, your dad ain't that, or you just act like, you act just like your daddy. Uh, I knew you was going to turn out like this. You know, some of those negative messages, some of that, and again, that's more trauma. That's more trauma. And then sometimes we just live up, live into that. Unless mm-hmm. we have um, an aha moment or unless we have um, a mentor to, to help us out or unless we have, maybe it's a pastor, maybe it's um, a friend or, or something like that. Usually, and for some people, it could be sports. Those are things that then get us on a different track and maybe we begin to find, I don't, I don't know if I like the term replacement fathers, mm-hmm. but we begin to find someone that we can connect to that is like a father, pseudo father, to us that we give that respect to. And sometimes that helps us uh, um, uh, reconnect with our fathers, but sometimes it, it doesn't. Sometimes you just recognize, okay, you know, um, I'm going to take some of these lessons that I learned and I'm going to just make myself better. Because, it, you know, I, I think everybody wants to be a better parent or a better father than the previous generation. And not to say uh, something was always wrong with that, but you're always looking to be better. But, uh, you know, sometimes people just come to realize that, okay, my father, my relationship with my father is going to be like this. And my relationship with my mentor is going to be like this. But I'm going to choose to take all of that to help me be a better man. Like, I know what I don't want to be like, mm-hmm. and I know some qualities that I do want to be like, and kind of put that together and, and keep walking and yeah. keep growing. What what is it about um, us men um, be, that are fathers? Why is it like this weight of responsibility? Um, why is our presence so important? Hmm. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. Um, I I think that I think. In a lot of ways, one would say, I think historically, like, okay, if you have sons, then the father, uh, you know, it's important to see the father. If you have daughters, it's important to see the mother. But I think it all works together. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, re- I really do. I think that um, each uh, individual has th- something to give. And if the father is absent, then that child, whether it's a, a son or a daughter, is missing something. That child is missing a piece of who they are. Now, they have it by way of DNA. 
and, and, and internally, but they're they're missing some other things. They're missing some emotional connections. They're missing uh, um, that that physical presence. And a lot of times, people will substitute presence, like I'm going to give you a gift, a present. They mm -hmm. substitute that in place of presence of being there, being around. You know, uh, um, like hey, I'm going to buy you these basketball shoes, but I don't go to none of your games. I'm going to buy you. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And so I think that there's just something there that that for, for children, um, they desire to see that presence. They desire because it's some, someone to look up to. It's someone to say, hey, look, look what I'm doing. Um, did I make you proud? You know, having kids, how many times a day, especially when they're younger, they say, hey, Dad, look. Hey, Dad, look. Like, and they usually ain't doing nothing super spectacular or anything <laughs> that you ain't seen before. And, you know, it's like I'm rubbing my belly and, and patting my head, you know. Uh, you showed me that this morning, son. <laughs> But they, they want to see you smile. They want to get, um, they want to um, um, just know that they made you proud. Mm -hmm. And if you're not there, they don't know that, you know. And I think we all carry some history with us that if we're not there, our kids don't get as well. And some of that history, again, it could be, you know, why am I, why do I act the way I act? Oh, because your dad um, act that way and his his grandmother uh, showed him that, or you know, whatever that mm -hmm. may be, and so I think that you know that that's why that presence is so is so critical and so important because it's almost like holding a mirror up to us, mm. so that we we see ourselves in that other individual. And sometimes when if a father isn't present, and then they come into a kid's uh, life, the kid can see themselves in that other individual, or people may know like, man, you look like so and so. Oh yeah, that's my son. You know, and so it's it's holding a mirror up to that individual, and sometimes it's showing or proving who you can be, um, um, in terms of, you know, where the bar is at, mm -hmm. but also at some point again, each generation is looking to be better than the previous generation. So they might say like, "Oh, I can be like that," or "I can excel and do better." Or, or, or become better or become greater, and not even in a disrespectful way, but just how times change. Yeah, I think um, as I was trying to get that question out, um, I, I made mention of the weight, and a lot of times, um, especially some of the men that I talk to and work with, uh, a lot of us get wrapped up in the responsibility, and we have a difficult time articulating what mm -hmm. this weight is. Mm -hmm. So if we dare try to open up our mouths and speak to our wives about, you know, this responsibility, this yeah. pressure that we feel, we fail. Mm -hmm. We fail miserably because we don't know how to articulate yeah. this weight. Because when we start getting into the regular everyday responsibilities uh, that we have to do, our wives will say, well, I picked up the kids. I did this. I got to cook dinner. I, and so then it's a back and forth and right. then it's an invalidating experience. But I think, you know, in regards to um, us men um, and having, um, I guess, the blessing to be a father, um, I think we have to look at our worth, mm -hmm. and our worth is really tied to um, that weight, mm -hmm. meaning it, if I can break this down. So, for example, uh, women are known to be nurturers, mm -hmm. and then um, men are known to be, in, in a marriage co uh, concept, men are known to be the authority figure, right? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. 
hey, sit down. And then the kids are scared of us or something. And they, they have a boo-boo on their knee. They go run to mom and stuff. Yeah. But we, we carry a lot of validation. We carry a lot of authority. We are visionaries. We are providers. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, have, we give our family a sense of security. And so the presence of a father is huge. It's so many benefits of that. And it's tied to... Um, is tied to that weight that oftentimes we have such a hard time trying to tap into or articulate. And mm-hmm. so we feel isolated because nobody understands what we're saying unless another brother come along right. and they hear some of the conversations that me and you have had in private, yeah. you know, when there's no microphones in front of us. <laughs> it better not be. But, right, <laughs> but some of the struggles yeah. of just trying to be present. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it does. It does, And yeah, it definitely there's there's some weight there that is unexplainable, but it's, it's felt and it's known. And I think part of it, though, is, again, getting back to the stereotypical roles of um, a husband and a wife. Hmm. Um, even as a society, if we move further away from those things, I think that they're still there in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, it may be from TV, you know, that we've watched or whatever. Like, I, I, I grew up, you know, um, now, you know, people may feel one way now, but I grew up watching the Cosby show, mm-hmm. you know. And so concept of a father right there, you know, and, and a, two-parent, a two-parent household where both parents were, were bringing in money. Neither one of them said that they were the provider over the other. Mm-hmm. Right, um, but they were working, you know. But then it's a teamwork. Yeah, yeah it was teamwork. Yep. And then you flip to other shows, and it's like, yep, the 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 mother is at home and the father's working. Well, in my mind, after you know, really again, loving the Cosby Show, and it, it my both my parents worked. I was like, okay, um, when I get married, I guess we're both gonna work. I'm cool with that. Mm. And again, you know, there's a sense of security in in the household sometimes, but you know, sometimes it's it's a financial security. Mm-hmm. But again, you know, for me, if 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 my wife makes more money than I do, it is not a threat to me. Mm-hmm. You know, we talk about roles. It, it, whoever can do such and such the best, go ahead and do it. You know, if you yeah. if, if you better, hey, if you better at the finances, go ahead and do it. If you happen to walk past the trash and it's full or whatever and you're heading out, go ahead, take it out. If I'm walking by, I'm going to take it out, you know. And so I think we have to begin to, um, you know, th- those those who are married to begin to discover um, how how each other fits, you know. Um, and because that's going to ultimately influence the, the, the parenting. That's going to mm-hmm. influence the household. I believe that that is what sets the thermostat which it controls the temperature um, of of the household, but you know I think the, again I think the presence is huge. Now, I think sometimes for those 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 single individuals, maybe it's an uncle, you know, maybe it's a friend, maybe maybe it's a neighbor um, who kind of um, a mentor who kind of takes on the responsibility of that presence. Yet still something may be missing. Um, but you know, though, you know, shout out to the to the single mothers out there. You know, they they're trying, they're doing their best, and um, you know, I appreciate the 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 men in the community who come alongside of those ladies to try to help out and and try to just be there for them. Yeah, I wanna um, I wanna take a break 
um, real quick and hear from our sponsors. But when we come back, I want to jump a little bit into like the stereotypes and what we can do to challenge those stereotypes. Um, You even talked about some of our uh, single uh, mothers out there who are raising young boys and raising children, period. And unfortunately, the father is not present. Um, But I want to take a break right now and then we continue when we come back. Today's podcast is sponsored by Renew Counseling Services, where our mission is to reveal, restore, and renew all people by using a holistic approach to help transform lives. If you know anyone in West Michigan seeking counseling services, send them over to our website for additional information, www.renewedcounselingservices.com. Again, www.renewedcounselingservices.com. Now back to our show. All right, we are back. We left off uh, Jamel talking um, a little bit about stereotypes, and I wanted to jump right into that. The stereotypes with being a dad, um, and even in our own community, um, it is known, you know, we have uh, incarceration is high, um, all types of things, and we have a lot of fathers who unfortunately have made some decisions to not be involved, but we also, in the same token, have a lot of dads just that are present, and you were mentioning uncles and people in the community, mm-hmm. and we we don't hear that a lot. We just hear all the negative things, and so it seems like dads have so many hurdles that they have to jump through just to be present. Um, talk a little bit about some of the stereotypes uh, as fathers that you that you notice. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you know, that that main one is that you know the the household is is absent. You know, there's absentee absentee fathers. Um, the, they don't take care of their responsibilities, or you know, they're not not uh, uh, paying child support um, or not working even. You mm-hmm. know, um, but I think that. We have to still unpack that stuff, man. We got to really say, okay, well, it, it, if this is the case with an individual or some individuals, why? You know, what happened? And, and, it, may, and it may take a while. And it's not like going down a rabbit hole. It may take a while to dial back, to dial back, to dial back. And you're sitting here now at like two generations back like, oh, shoot. Okay, so this is where such and such started. Mm-hmm. And then you got to figure out how to, how to curb that. So, I, you know... I just, you know, we can't just say, and, and society can't just say, can't just speak on the absentee father, and and specifically when they say absentee father, you, you, they're usually talking about black fathers, mm-hmm. you know. But we gotta really look at, you know, what the causes were. We gotta look at when, you know, uh, uh, neighborhoods were being swept, you know, of, of of black men and getting getting incarcerated sometimes for not doing what they were. Uh, told that they did, mm-hmm. and uh, I mean we can you know we can go back to slavery you know what I'm saying we can go back pretty far you yeah. know we can go back pre-slavery but you know there's there's reasons here and there and and then the other piece too is like I realize man some some fathers they just need a, a second chance mm. some I need a third or fourth chance because you know we we all need chances uh, you know we all mess up it may not be broadcasted it may not be public. Um, we might not tell nobody, but we mess up. So we give our we give other people chances. We give ourselves chances. But some of these fathers, we just need another chance, or a second chance, or a mentor, or or something to help fill the gap on why we may not be there. Mm. So there's power in our presence. And for the men that are listening, um, it doesn't matter what state you are currently in. 
you have to recognize the power that you possess and that every day is an opportunity and how you go about using that opportunity will help bring out um, the best dad in you. Uh, Jamel, from your experience, what are some of the challenges that you see as a dad? Um, don't get yourself in trouble here, but, you know, <laughs> you know, tread lightly. Yeah, no, <laughs> so I'm I mean, just playing. No, I'm def- I'm talk freely. <laughs> I'm definitely not, not perfect, I think. We all are inspired uh, by our upbringing, one mm-hmm. way or the other. You know, whether it's discipline um, or, you know, are we the father that pushes our kids for sports? Or are we the father that uh, pushes them into you know, homework and studying and scholarship? You know, whatever that may be. Mm-hmm. And so we're all inspired by that. And I think one of the challenges for me um, is um, just being busy, you know, mm-hmm. like like really being busy. And, and, you know, I really believe in the power of presence, but there's some times when I'm not there. And, and I'm, I've been trying to change my schedule, I feel like, for years just so I can be at certain things. Um, you know, my kids, as a business owner, you know, my kids might ask, uh, hey, Daddy, where are you going? Or, you know, you just got back. Or you always working. Mm-hmm. And when those hit, they hit hard. Mm-hmm. And trying to figure, okay, well, then tomorrow... You know, we're going we gonna to watch the Avengers, we're going to get some popcorn, we're going to do this, then, that. But then the other issue comes, am I truly there? Like, like physically, yes, I'm there. But am I, am I truly there, you know, mentally and emotional, mo- mentally and emotionally? And so that's a whole other thing is that, that I'm working on that. It's like when I'm there, I can't be thinking about how, how work is going, how the business is going, or what I'm missing, or what, what work is going to be there when I get there. Because... The work will be there when you get back. And so I think that that's just, that's just one of my flaws is just trying to make sure that all, when I'm present, that all of me, um, that all of me is present. And I, mm-hmm. and I really strive to do that. I think as my kids are getting older, I'm doing that more. Yeah. Um, and as, as they're, you know, getting into sports, as they're getting into this, as with COVID, homework. Like, I was there more than I was before with homework. But, you know, on one end, it was like, dang, I'm tired of doing this. But on the other end, it was like, man, I'm actually able to read to my kid. Mm-hmm. And I'm actually able to hear them read or hear them do math. Like, when, when, when Malachi got into uh, uh, City, hey, man, we was doing homework at, like, 10 o'clock at night. Five, it took us 30 minutes to do, I think, three math problems because neither one of us knew what we was doing. But we got it. And and his face, his smile was like, like thanks, Dad. You know. Mm-hmm. And then the next day he went to school, and they were right. That's the other thing you want to make sure that homework right. <laughs> um, he went back, and it was right. You, you go know? get you a coffee for being right. Man, shoot! I, no, actually, I felt like I should get another degree, a diploma. <laughs> That's how hard it was. Like, man, get give me teacher another, certification. Give me something. To, you know, <laughs> give me that advanced degree, that advanced standing honorary something, honorary yeah. bachelor's. Um, so anyway, I'm, I'm getting off subject now, <laughs> but I think for me, my, my biggest flaw is is trying to um, fit my kids in my schedule when um, I feel like as a, as a family person in general, I should be um, fitting all my other activities into my family schedule. I think that's, that's a hard thing to do um, because as a business owner, um, you, you're right, you it, it feels as though you have this pressure to be everything at all times for everybody, not only just your family, but also for the community. And mm-hmm. you do a lot for our community that we live in. You are a business owner. Um, you have own, um, I cannot, 
I'm trying to think. Can I say this? Uh, <laughs> you're the first. You're the first black juice bar in Grand Rapids. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. First black juice bar in Grand Rapids. I think I'm the only black-owned juice company that has placement and retail locations, mm-hmm. at least in the region. Yeah. And I'm probably one of three or four in the country. Yeah. Yeah. Pop your collar real quick. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's nah. way. <laughs> that's way back early too to talk about some pop your pop, collar. Do, do right. what? What's wrong with it? Right. Your your button loose. <laughs> but no, no, that but really even the pressure of that, mm-hmm. right? Um, I remember talking to someone before and they were saying that like even being a black business in West Michigan, yeah, most people don't understand the demand mm-hmm. and the weight that that put on you because you have to be on twenty four seven. You're not allowed. It's almost as though you're not allowed to make a mistake. Mm-hmm. And then now let's throw in the expectations of being a dad, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Your kids want you to play. Hey, come play catch. When we going on the bike ride? When we going on vacation? Can we go get some ice cream? Blah yeah. blah blah. This our wives are in our ear. You know our. Mm-hmm. Hey, what are you doing? When you go, you always got a meeting. By. And so that pressure of trying to be everything mm-hmm. for everybody yeah. at all times can be very challenging. Um, and so I, I like what you said, but learning how to be present mentally, emotionally, physically, mm-hmm. but more than anything, one thing I will uh, also add to that is just learn how to first love yourself. Yep. Uh, before I love my wife, before I love my kids mm-hmm. and everybody. I learned how to take care of Wesley. And um, last year, I want to say a year and a half ago, I went through this, just this period. And I know my wife ain't like it (laughs) because she told me. But there were times where I just flat out looked at her and said no. Mm -hmm. Like, nope. And I wasn't saying no because I wanted to quit or anything like that. I was saying no because I had nothing else to give. Mm -hmm. But there was still a demand. Mm -hmm. And... You know, there was a lot of discussion uh, around that concept, yeah. but I felt like if I can't give nothing else, I'm going to end up dying just from stress, yeah. and, and I refuse to do that. So let's wrap this up. I, I want you to take a few moments, and I don't care where you go with this, um, but take it as a an opportunity to speak to a lot of fathers, a, a lot of people who are attempting to be present and in their children's life, in their family's life. Mm-hmm. There, there's, you know, family court situations going on. Yeah. They haven't seen their kids. There, there's some people that I know right now seeing their kids over Zoom because of the legal system, mm-hmm. and they won't allow them to see them uh, physically. It's so many different scenarios I can throw at you right now. But speak to, um, speak to the dads right now and maybe give them some encouragement um, in regards to the importance of being present. Yeah. Well, I would say that um, you can do this. You can do it. Um, and you have to keep trying, uh, keep doing attempts, but also keep learning who you are. Learn who you are, um, your gifts, your talents, um, what you have to offer, and sharpen your skills um, and in and, and so many different areas, whether it's you know, uh, reading, whether it's uh, getting in shape or, or, or playing a sport or learning a new, a new skill or a new task, but have something to offer, have something to show, to model, to display. And if there are, um, you know, for those who are trying and um, um, are failing or not 
being able to get close to their child, maybe there's some apologies needed. Maybe there's some I'm sorry. I'm not hey, I'm not I'm not too old, I'm not too big of a man to to say I'm sorry, to say I messed up and to apologize. Mm-hmm. And that goes to my kids as well. Cause you know, we grew up in an era where kids didn't or parents didn't apologize to kids, mm-hmm. you know. Just do what I tell you. <laughs> yep. But but I know that there I, there's been times when I've said I'm sorry so many times during the day when I'm stressed out. But I take that opportunity to do that and, and that helps my kids know that I'm human. I messed up, I apologize. Um, but it's also just listening, really, really listening. Sometimes presents, like actual gifts, are uh, an individual's love language. So discovering what your kid's love language is, discovering what your significant other's love language is, and, and trying to play off of that as well. Now, if someone's love language is, is gift-giving, it, it, you know, you're not doing that every single day, every single time, but sometimes a surprise is good. So, so keep on going, but also remember to do a self-inventory, a self-check of, of who you are, what do you have to offer, and um, also you may ask yourself, what are my flaws? Now, that last one, that can be pretty painful when you mm-hmm. ask yourself, what are my flaws or what, what am I not good at, as well as asking those who are close to you because I guarantee some things are going to come up that you thought you, was, you had it, like you, you, was, you was the best at it, you were the game winner. And you're like, man, I need to work on that. You're, uh, you're, I'm prideful? Mm-hmm. I, thought I, I thought I worked on pride last year, right? And it keeps coming back up. So that's something to really, really work on. But to all the dads and all the fathers out there, you got this. You can do it. Um, I would encourage you to get some friends um, who are in a place or a position of fatherhood where you see yourself wanting to be so that you can have something to reach toward. They can uh, talk to you on how they got there. But keep in mind that everybody's situation, everybody's story is different. It's, it's so, so different. And you got to begin to carve out your own way. Yeah, I like that. I like that. And just really... I appreciate you sharing that, and I, I believe it's important for us men to know that it is okay for you to take or to make investments in yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, you are the best investment that you can make. Yeah. Um, in, in other words, I think I said that wrong, but the best uh, form of investment that you can uh, make is in yourself. That's mm-hmm. a better way of saying it. Um, but, Jay, I appreciate you yeah. uh, coming to chill in the studio and uh, kick it with um, our audience. And where can people find you? You know, you're talking about you own a uh, juice bar and um, how can people order some and all that good stuff? <laughs> I'm everywhere. I'm What's here, your social I'm handles? <laughs> so I am the owner um, and co-founder of Malamaya Juice Bar and Eatery. We're located downtown Grand Rapids at Studio Park, 122 Oaks Street Southwest. We also are at malamayajuicebar.com if you want to get some of this great juice in your community and you're not here in Grand Rapids you want to see it on the shelves we have another company called Malamazing Juice and Malamazing Juice Co. is a wholesale company cold pressed juice and our juices aren't just good they're Malamazing that's Malamazing Juice Bar uh, malamazingjuice.com we're also on Facebook Twitter Malamazing Juice as well as Malamaya Juice check us out that's what's up. And to our listening audience, as always, the first person who reach out to me, our um, contact information is in the show notes. You will receive a gift card so you can have some of that juice um, in your in your fridge. So yeah. until next time, um, thank you for coming and have a wonderful day. Hey, thanks for listening to the Everything Renewed podcast. I hope you heard something that was helpful and that you can relate to. Do me a favor, like share and subscribe to the show remember start with the mind 
and everything can be renewed. Until next time, stay fresh, stay cool, and stay renewed.